0: You're listening to Straight No Chaser on Dogs by Nature Radio.
1: A good Cleveland Browns team. Uh, they got a lot of very high uh, picks. I think uh, three number ones out of the out of draft. Uh, very physical offensively. Um, defensively very fast. Uh, really, really good front four. Two good corners. Um, do a good job in special teams. So need our fans to be nice and loud again this week. It uh, should be a heck of a ball game.
0: Now, here's your host, my dad, Thelonious Seven. My Dogs by Nature family, I hope this transmission finds you well. My name is Thelonious Seven, and you're listening to The Opposition's Position on Dogs by Nature Radio. NFL Week 4 is a matchup of teacher versus student, as Kevin Stefanski and his Cleveland Browns look to route Zimmer and the Vikings in Minneapolis. Well, to help us get ready for this Sunday afternoon affair, we reached out to Luke Braun of the Locked On Vikings podcast.
1: Hey everybody, my name is Luke Braun. I do the Locked On Vikings podcast, which is a daily Vikings podcast. Uploads Monday through Friday, free on all platforms, including YouTube. If you liked the uh, if you liked the video version, but otherwise, everywhere else you get your podcasts. I also host the Locked On NFL podcast once a week on Tuesdays. Um, that's also a daily podcast. Covers the national uh, the national angle of the league, and I co-host that with Ross Jackson, who does Locked On Saints as well. And uh, I also write twice a week at zonecoverage.com. I have a piece that just came out about protections and blitz counters and stuff. And your Browns actually uh, made made the uh, article a little bit. There's a clip of of one of the sacks on Justin Fields in there. If you all want to go check that out.
0: Luke, that sounds like a fascinating article. Here's to hoping that Garrett and the boys can give you some material for next week. For the record, our guests can be found at LukeBrawnNFL on Twitter. So, Luke... The Vikings have certainly ridden the proverbial roller coaster to start the 2021 season. How is this fan base holding up after that insane first hill? Uh, did you see yourselves at one and two going into this Week Four matchup?
1: I didn't really have any prediction for like how the first two games were going to go. I didn't know what to make of the Cardinals or the Seahawks. On, I, I didn't love the Seahawks. Thought they would beat the Bengals, but I was wrong there. Um, but you know, they came out so flat in uh, Week One that. At that after that point, it kind of felt like, well, I hope they win anything, you know. Um, so I guess seeing that they're coming off a pretty decisive win is is uh, encouraging, I guess. But I mean, the roller coaster of the Vikings is eternal, right? You guys know what it's like to be disappointed, be let down by your favorite team.
0: Uh, you get used to it. I think you're right. Our franchises mirror each other in a way that make this a really fascinating matchup. But the biggest question I have with this team is with Kirk Cousins. He has been a lightning rod this off season, but now that the games have started, he seems to be showing his real value. How does the fan base regard this initial acquisition? And can he take you to the promised land? Um, So in terms of his
1: initial acquisition and you guys are about to go through this with Baker Mayfield, so buckle up. But basically, anytime a quarterback is getting paid like a market rate and isn't like a top three superstar like Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers, the fan base is just going to cry about it constantly. Um, so he's overpaid and overrated via the Vikings and they're stuck with him and he's just never going to be the guy that gets you over the hump and all that stuff. I prefer to take it a little, to qualify him a little bit more specifically than that. Here's my deal on Kirk Cousins. He is... Uh, fantastic, a fantastic, a fantastic executor of concepts. He's great at reads. He's phenomenal pre snap. He's got good arm strength. He's got good accuracy, um, and those are most of the most important traits of quarterbacking. Outside of structure, whether that's a pressure has flushed him out of the pocket, a coverage, uh, you know, rotated away he wasn't expecting. Um, that's not necessarily just when there's, you know, pressure on the quarterback at all, it's more when there is something he didn't foresee, he starts to go into improv mode, and historically, that's been really where the worst Kirk Cousins stuff happens, that's where he throws interceptions, he gets strip-sacked, his ball security goes out the window, he'll run backwards for 15 yards and take a sack, do kind of inexplicable stuff, um... He's been a lot better about that this year. He's been really, really good this year, actually. Uh, He's been, I mean, statistically, he's a top five quarterback. He's, PFF has called him a top five quarterback. He is off to a really, really hot start. We'll see if it sustains. But for now, it's been really, really good. Um, And he's been streaky like that. If he can play like this, but do it in January. Yeah, sure. Sky's the limit, right?
0: Cousins absolutely eviscerated the Seahawks last week. So we know what problem he can bring to visiting defenses. So about the coaches. A couple of years ago, we poached your offensive coordinator to leave our team. Uh, do you think Zimmer has missed Kevin Savansky? Have you been surprised at his success here? And what's something you can tell us about him that we might not know here in Cleveland?
1: Uh, okay, I'll take these one at a time. Do you think Zimmer has missed him? Um, Zimmer, I don't have to think about it. Zimmer has misses him. Uh, he talks about it all the time. Um, he, I, what I think he did that we really haven't been able to replicate. I mean, look, Kevin Stefanski was the offensive coordinator for one year. He was an assistant on the staff for most, of, for like 14 years. And then he was an OC for one year. So it's not like, you know, he was not the, the backbone of the build of the Vikings. He was only in it for one year, but what he did so well in that year and what he still does well for Cleveland is sequence plays really good at setting something up and then knocking it down and really sequencing things to keep a defense off balance, um, the the play designs themselves i thought were very simplistic and there's pros and cons to that you know easy to execute but you don't get a lot of variability um you know bootleg screen outside zone run that's kind of the offense right but the way that he orders them and sequences them i think a lesser coach gets predictable um and stefanski finds a way to not be predictable even with a fairly simplistic offense i think that's why he's found that success in cleveland um and and yeah no i'm not surprised at his success in cleveland he's a good offensive mind he's a smart guy um I'm a little surprised that he's so wide zone uh, I And I guess something that about him that you might not know is that he has been exposed to, like, every scheme. He worked under Pat Shermer in, a like, a more spread offense. He worked under an old-school Air Corps yell with Norv Turner. He worked for a number of Andy Reid disciples. Um, he came in with Brad, Brad Childress. And then there, there was, you know, the Leslie Frazier years when Bill Musgrave was the offensive coordinator. Um, there's... You know, Daryl Bevel who's in Jacksonville now. He's worked under so many different kinds of offense that when he went to Cleveland, I kind of thought he would kind of play this chameleon, weird conglomeration of a lot of offenses and borrow concepts from everybody. But he really just kind of did the Kubiak thing. But I guess that's what's in vogue right now. And I can't say I disagree with the choice. Um, But I think, you know, emphatically
0: not surprised at the success he's seen in Cleveland. I'm a really big Stefanski fan. Luke, this is fantastic insight. Thanks for sharing it with us. It's amazing to see what Stefanski has accomplished in such a short amount of time. And the fact that he's done it in Cleveland is nothing short of a miracle. So next question. Do you think you finally have what it takes to dunk on the cheeseheads this year? How good is this defense... And will they outsack the Brown in their matchup with the Bears? Nine sacks. That, that only happens when you get to play the Lions. Um, so,
1: you know, have fun with that matchup later in the year. Um, to dunk on the Cheeseheads. I mean, look, they beat the Cheeseheads last year in Lambeau. They were one in five. And uh, the Packers were, I think, five and one or six in one or something like that. And they actually went in, into Lambeau and beat them. That matchup is always kind of a toss up, no matter how good either team on either end of it is. So who knows, right? Um, the defense we're going to go with up and down. Um, the cornerbacks have struggled. They've had to be hidden a little bit more. The defensive line, the pass rush itself has been very, very good. I'm very curious to see how Zimmer and Stefanski actually line up because they know each other so well, um, that it makes the kind of gamesmanship of, are you going to zigger or are you going to zag all that much, like all that more interesting. So I'm really excited to see kind of strategically what those two guys come up with and who gets the upper hand there. Um, I would say that you can probably exploit the secondary better than you can exploit the front right now, um, especially the corners on the outside. So if I'm the Browns, and this is very comfortable territory for the Browns, condense everything and uh, you know try to find a one-on-one on the outside with Odell Beckham. I think that's got
0: to be the game plan. Ideally, yes. But what do you think happens in the wash? This looks like an insane matchup on paper. What are the major storylines? What do you see as the keys to winning? And do you have a final score for us? Major
1: storylines, I mean, the Zimmer-Stefanski thing is obviously a major storyline. Um, they are one and two. If they get blown out, you know, we're, the seat's still a little warm. It takes more than one win to cool it off. Um, so I think the, that coaching matchup's really interesting. There's a lot, a big contingent of Vikings fandom that kind of wishes we did a dirt Ketter thing with Kevin Stefanski, got rid of the old head and, you know, kind of promoted the new young, hot coordinator guy to... Uh, be the actual head coach and kind of wishes we were there. But when I look at the Browns, they are the 2019 Vikings to me um you know when I just look stylistically schematically the way that they operate and the way that they win it just looks exactly like 2019 and that was a good team that's a compliment to the Browns um but that I mean you can just kind of tell that like Stefanski just copy pasted what those 2019 Vikings were um and hey that got him you know into uh that got that's got him a couple playoff wins now one with the Vikings in 2019 got you the win against the Steelers last year so hard to argue with it um But I think the major storyline has to be Zimmer and Stefanski. Obviously, Kirk Cousins, Baker Mayfield are two kind of week-to-week propositions at quarterback, and usually one of them walks away as the headline of the game. Um, And then, of course, a big uh, LSU connection. Odell Beckham, and I know Jarvis Landry isn't going to play. He'll probably be there, though. And uh, Justin Jefferson... Patrick Peterson all know each other. They're all friends and stuff, you know, uh, Odell and Landry played with Justin Jefferson's brother in college. So I think that'll be a really, that'll be a great Jersey swap at the end of the game. Um, and a final score. I never have a final score. I usually do this, uh, based on the spread. Uh, Browns are, I think two and a half point favorites. Um, the Browns are good, man. I, I take the Browns. Uh, that's, it's, it's a, a tough game. I, I think that's a good spread. Um, you know, Maybe home field advantage is, goes for more than we're giving it credit for to kind of give my own boys a chance there. But ah, man, if I were betting something, I'm not going to bet this game because I think that spread's too close. But if I were to bet something, I probably would take the Browns if I like had to. I, I'll take the over.
0: Give me the over, and then I don't care what it is. Give me the over. Luke, your ambivalence is indicative of the quality of this matchup. Sunday can't get here soon enough. Once again, our guest for this show is the host of the Locked on Vikings podcast. That's Luke Braun. He can be found at Luke Braun NFL on Twitter. Luke, before you go, do you have any final thoughts for our audience?
1: Yeah, thanks, guys, for uh, giving me the chance to talk Vikings a little bit with you. Uh, Again, you can find me on the Locked On Vikings podcast, wherever you find your favorite shows, free on all platforms, uh, Monday through Friday, including YouTube, if you want a video component. Um, You can find an article on zonecoverage.com twice a week. Really. Uh, proud of the last one that I did about protection calls so go check that out and you can also find me on Tuesdays on the Locked On NFL podcast thanks guys so much for uh, letting me come on and, and chat with you
0: Luke it's outstanding work thanks so much for taking the time to share it with us here on Dogs by Nature Radio Welp that was your dose of the straight truth you've been listening to the opposition's position on Dogs by Nature Radio I'm your host Thelonious7 take care and go Browns